1: the legends are true. overwhelming power. power. The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Donald's, The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Donald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Go!
0: I participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies
1: last. Do you like sports? Because we like sports. Let's talk about
0: sports. It's Sports jack. It's Sports Yak. It's Sports Yak.
1: Welcome to episode 276 of the Sports Yak podcast. Oh, you mean the Cal Ripken Jr. episode? I was in Hacienda, I believe, when he hit that big old home run. Took a run around the entire ballpark. Is that who I'm thinking well, of? Y- you're thinking of the
2: night that he broke Lou Gehrig's consecutive games played streak. Okay. And that's what he's most famous for. He okay. is baseball's Iron Man. He played in more consecutive games, and it's a lot more than 276. It's in the 2000s yeah. that he played consecutive games. You might say, well, he only hit 276 homers. Oh well, no, he hit more homers than that. But you see his career batting average was 276 and so we honor Cal Ripken who was the kind of guy punch in, punch out, show up day after day, perform and perform well, something that in some ways we should all aspire to. Yes, you're right.
0: Family Broadcasting Corporation well, the going in association with the Studio DNA Podcast Network Three. presents oh Sportsiac. One host knows sports. And who's right there? The other doesn't know sports, but somehow they meet in the middle. It's all the way! It is good! It's good! It's good! Here's your host, Corey Mann. Get your big butt out of here! And Indiana Sports Broadcast Hall of Famer, This one will be relived. Chuck Freeby. Forever!
1: You know, I wish you would have been in the room this morning when I got this phone call because I thought, he's not going to believe me. But I'll tell you anyways. Okay. It was James that called in and said... And I can't wait for today's episode of Sports Yak. Really? And and I said that too! He's like, yeah, you guys probably got a lot to talk about. That back and forth banter. We do have a lot to talk about today.
2: And let's start from our site of Assembly Hall in Bloomington, where last night Matt Painter continued his ownership of Archie Miller. He should just bring Archie out like a hand puppet because... (laughs) Matt Painter owns Archie Miller and IU right now. Eight straight wins for Purdue basketball over Indiana. Last night they went at 81-69. Purdue takes the lead fairly early in the first half and never looks back. It's not that IU was not competitive at times. They'd get it down to one, but they couldn't get over the hump. Now, Jaden Ivey, the young man from Marion High School and then went to La La for his senior year, had a career high. Played very well, 13 points. Matt Painter, very complimentary of Jaden after the game. Trey Galloway didn't have such a good game. Three points in his start. Uh, The young man out of Culver Academy. Did some decent things defensively, and he's not necessarily there to be a scorer. But, ladies and gentlemen, this is the problem with Indiana. They have a scorer in Trace Jackson Davis. He works inside. So any team with any kind of clue in coaching is going to say, all right, we got to control him inside. We got to maybe double down on him, force him to throw the ball outside, and force Indiana to shoot outside. And you might say, well, why would you do that? Because in Indiana – there are shooters aplenty in high school. All Archie Miller has to do is find some a uh, couple of guys who can shoot the ball from the outside, and they'll be fine. And that would be accurate. But he hasn't found them yet.
1: I don't know where he's looking. You're not a fan of him, are you?
2: No, I'm not a fan of him. First of all, he wore his mask like a chin strap all night. Everybody else in Assembly Hall wearing the mask over them. Matt Painter's got a kerchief cover in his mouth. Okay, if you're going to wear the mask, wear it the right way. Don't wear it like you're wearing a chin strap attached to some helmet that you should be wearing. Secondly, he's not good. Indiana's 8-6, and and they've lost eight straight to their arch rival. And in those eight games, many times the Hoosiers have been non-competitive. Buddy of mine tweeted last night. One of these teams understands it's a rivalry. (laughs) That's a good one. And right now, the way it's going, it's becoming more of the rivalry between a hammer and a nail. And Archie Miller's the nail. I don't know why he doesn't have shooters, Corey. You got to go out and recruit some shooters. Here's an idea free of charge, Archie. Free of charge. Everybody gets an extra year of eligibility this year because of COVID, right? Yes. There's a kid at Indiana Wesleyan by the name of Kyle Mangus. Played his high school ball at Warsaw. In his Indiana Wesleyan career, he has scored over 3,000 points. He's done a lot of that by shooting balls from beyond the arc that go in the net. Archie, go get him get him for a year, and find out what it's like to have somebody who can shoot the ball through the net from 20 feet away. Because you get more points for that, Archie. You do? You do. (laughs) What? What? (laughs) I realize the rule is fairly new. It's only been in effect since 1986. (laughs) But, yes, you get more points for that, Archie. And that's taking nothing away from Purdue because I really do enjoy watching Purdue play. They move the basketball, they share the basketball, they play hard. Travion Williams is just a machine down low and he's become a terrific leader on this team. There was a point last night in the first half where Jaden Ivey kind of made an offensive mistake, duplicated it with a defensive mistake and Travion Williams runs over and puts his arm around him. He's settling the young buck down. And that that was so great to see. And you see some of that from Indiana. I think Trace Jackson Davis tries to be a leader, but the guy that needs to be a leader on that team is the point guard, Rob Finnessy, and quite frankly, he hasn't developed much. And that's my biggest argument against Archie Miller. He doesn't develop his players. They're the same when they hit the... IU as a freshman Mm -hmm. as when they leave. And that's my biggest problem with IU basketball right now. I don't see any kind of player development. Maybe I'll see it in the future. I don't know, but I'm not seeing it right now. What a day yesterday for the Ivy family, huh? Jaden gets a win in the big rivalry, Purdue versus Indiana, and Mom just a couple hours earlier, gets a win in the Atlantic Coast Conference as a coach because the Notre Dame women yesterday defeated Wake Forest 79-72 after kind of a rocky start. Lo and behold, the Irish are above five hundred in the ACC right now. And they do have some young talent. This freshman, Maddie Westbeld, you might remember her sister Kat Westbeld, was a player on the national championship team. Oh, Maddie comes from good stock, obviously, and she's playing well. She had 25 last night, and the Irish, for a change, shot the ball well. It's amazing how much better a team can look when you put the ball (laughs) in the hoop. And uh, so Notre Dame gets a nice win yesterday in women's basketball, 79-72.
1: Some very nice generic advice. Putting the ball in the hoop, I think that was number one, and then maybe the higher point shots someone that can do that (laughs) to it it's just a thought it's something that might help all right high school basketball tonight you're in pregame yourself getting ready 46 crew meanders over to middlebury we'll be in the raider
2: gym for the elkhart county rivalry between northwood and northridge two schools that were created in the same year back in 1969 uh, consolidations and they have a, a fairly healthy rivalry. What's going to be missing tonight are the great student bodies at Northwood and Northridge because they show up in droves for this game. If you think of where Middlebury and, and Napanee are, Goshen is kind of the it's the county seat and it's kind of the the melting point where People will come together. Kids will come together for a variety of different activities. So even though they're at opposite ends of the county, a lot of the kids from the two schools know each other and know each other fairly well. And uh, Cooper Weens, one of the Northwood players, was telling me, I asked him, you know, what makes this rivalry special? And he said a couple of years ago, the student bodies were starting to get into it on social media and then at the game, the cheers going back and forth. He goes and just kind of filtered over to the teams. Now the difference is here uh, lately. If we want to make an analogy to earlier in the show, Northridge is Purdue and Northwood is Indiana when it comes to this particular rivalry. Northwood has not been able to beat Northridge in the last couple of years. Northwood sits on top of the Northern Lakes Conference right now at two and zero. Northridge, zero and one in the conference. If they're going to keep any hopes alive of winning the NLC, they need a win tonight. Northridge plays a different style of basketball, Corey. I think you'll be entertained by this game tonight. They love to shoot the three. Okay. And they really stress a defense with their ability to shoot the three. It doesn't mean that their guards won't penetrate. They won't look for layups. They won't look to get the ball inside. But they're very good at that shot from about 20 feet out that gets extra points. (laughs) And I'm all excited about someone who
1: shoots the three, but do they make the three? Th-
2: they make more threes on per game than any team in the state of Indiana.
1: Okay. I'll watch for that. So,
2: meanwhile, Northwood has some exciting young players. Ian Rash and Cade Brenner, a couple of sophomores, are their leading scorers. Ben Vincent has morphed from a shooting guard more to a point guard. So, should be a, a fascinating matchup. We'll have it for you on Facebook, YouTube, and the Champions Network tonight at right around 7.30, 7.45, TV 46, Friday night at 11, Saturday morning at 9. If I could be at another game tonight, I would be at North Liberty Elementary School. And you're saying, Chuck, a grade school game? No, John Glenn's been working on its gym, so they've been playing their home games at North Liberty Elementary School. Gotcha. Which used to be North Liberty High School, so it has a regulation court. And at North Liberty Elementary School, John Glenn, which is undefeated, 9-0, and gets a visit from St. Joe, 7-2, and but ranked 6th in Class 3A with the Notre Dame commit J.R. Canesti. You may recall last time out, J.R. lit it up for 35 against Penn, and... John Glenn, which has played terrific defense this year, no team has scored more than 60 points against the Falcons. We'll see if they can find a way to slow down the St. Joe offense, which is one of the better ones in the area. The other thing you need to know about John Glenn, they're 9-0, seven of their wins are by seven points or less. They know how to maneuver in those close games and get wins. So this is a good test for both teams tonight. I dare say it may be the most compelling and biggest regular season game in John Glenn history. Wow. That's something. So we'll see what happens there. Riley at New Prairie tonight. Can the Wildcats bounce back? Blake Wesley had eight out of nine games of 30 points or more and then was held to 19 Tuesday night by Northridge. Can he get going? And can New Prairie's big scorer, Braden Flagg, have a big night tonight? Cougars have played well. They're eight and three and playing at home. Can they surprise their NIC rival from Riley? And then huge game in the Northeast Corner Conference tournament. Westview is ranked number six in two A. Central Noble is ranked number eight in two A. Westview with a new coach of this year, Ed Bentley. He's done a nice job. Warriors come in with a record of eight and two. Uh they play very good team ball. Drew Littweiler, their leading scorer. Mason Yoder, because it's a federal law that Westview must have a Yoder on the team. So Mason Yoder is playing very well. But they're going to have to find a way to stop Connor Asisian. He is a junior at Central Noble, Corey. He is is already the all-time leading scorer at Central Noble as a junior. And the other night against Churubusco, he lit it up for 44 points. Woo! Wow. And do you know how he does that? He hits that shot worth the extra points. <laughs> out there in that yeah, rim. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: So those are some of the better boys' basketball matchups tonight. So I have uh, some friends in my home state of Michigan mm-hmm. who are excited that their son will be trying out for basketball for his final senior season. He's going on to college next fall. and uh, But they are very upset that, A... It will be a closed game, a closed season, and only 14 games. Yeah. Um, this whole situation with basketball has, well,
2: with high school sports, has been somewhat butchered up in the state of Michigan. Yeah. Uh, and I, I think uh, my buddy Ken Fox over at the Elkhart Truth made a point the other day that people in Indiana should send a thank you note to the IHSAA for how well they have handled all the seasons and tournaments that have been played here in Indiana through this pandemic because Uh it hasn't happened to the east of us, it hasn't happened to the west of us, and it sure hasn't happened to the north of us because up in Michigan finally got approval for basketball to start practice tomorrow. And then the season will start on February 4th for both boys and girls, and it will wrap up with the state finals uh, the weekend after Easter, April 9th, 10th. So it's a very condensed season, like you said, whereas Indiana teams are playing 22 games during the season, Michigan teams will try to squeeze in 14 before the state tournament starts right around the second or third week of March. This is all precipitated by the COVID pandemic and the reaction that Governor Whitmer has had first delaying the start of football season, then halting the playoffs midway through. And so basketball practice is starting as the football playoffs continue. That's not unusual, but usually that's in November, not January, which means the football playoffs are still going on in January. By the way, they're expecting snow tomorrow in the state of Michigan. It'll be a memorable playoff. Yeah, well, it's not the first time they've played in snow, quite frankly. Right. Edwardsburg is playing at home at Leo Hoffman Field, a 1 o'clock kickoff against Cadillac. Edwardsburg, not only a heavy favorite to win that game, quite frankly, they're a heavy favorite to win the Division IV state championship. Uh, Kevin Bartz's team is loaded. <laughs> Last week, they really showed the rust after that long layoff. They won 47-7. to And then... Uh, Constantine is still in action in Division 6. They are at Clinton. That's a pretty even matchup between 9-1 and one teams. The difference is Clinton really focuses on defense. Constantine's strength is its offense. So we'll see who prevails in that one. Uh, I was kind of looking at some of the Michigan papers today. Most riders seem to be favoring Clinton a little bit. I'm not sure if that's because they're within their geographical proximity and you kind of favor the home team. Um, I I can see where Clinton might be a small favorite, but I think Constantine has a very good chance of advancing to the state finals next weekend.
1: Last time the Eddies won that state title? Uh, Just a couple years ago.
2: Yeah, right? Yeah. 2018, Mm -hmm. 17? 2018. Okay. So good luck to both those teams. Uh, And I'm I'm so impressed with Kevin Bartz's squad. My buddy Brent, who played up at DeWajak and then went on to have a nice career at Grand Valley State, says in his opinion, Edwardsburg is the best football team in the area this year, whether you include northern Indiana or southwest
1: Michigan. So really good squad. It'd sure be cool if we could see (sighs) him. Yeah. Let's segue into NFL. Urban Meyer's name tossed around a little bit on the old tweets last night. Well, the reason being, Urban Meyer has come to an
2: agreement to be the new head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars, and a lot of people would say, well, why now? And the answer is simple. Look who Jacksonville gets to draft with the number one pick of the draft. Urban Meyer has been somewhat infatuated with Trevor Lawrence ever since he saw what Trevor Lawrence did to Ohio State in the playoffs a couple of years ago. And with that being said, even though Ohio State beat Trevor Lawrence this year in in the playoffs, Urban Meyer is a huge Trevor Lawrence fan. He believes that he can build around him. He's not happy with the direction the college game is going. He thinks there's too many transfers, there's – there was too much indecision with how COVID was handled between the conferences, and so Urban Meyer wants to challenge himself at the highest level in the NFL, and while not every college coach has succeeded there, there if you look at Jimmy Johnson, if you look at Barry Switzer, if you look at Pete Carroll, uh, there are enough college coaches who have been able to make the transition that I wouldn't count Urban Meyer out.
1: He must have his health under control. I remember that being a big factor in, you know, or was that a smokescreen to what else was going on? There are different philosophies on that. Okay. And uh, I'll leave it at that because I,
2: I don't know for certain the answer, but I, I will say that a lot of people question how – how sick Urban was really getting, um, or whether he was maybe trying to help the school avoid NCAA penalty. Gotcha. He won't have to worry about that in the NFL. Okay. Then, there are the Chicago Bears. <laughs> and we mentioned this briefly on the show Wednesday. But Bears management, Wednesday after this show was recorded, held a press conference. Which may have been the worst possible thing that they could do 75 minutes of zooms with matt nagy the head coach ryan pace the general manager ted phillips the team president and george mccaskey now george mccaskey on the surface is a likable fellow he pokes fun at himself sometimes and things like that but george mccaskey he inherited this team from his father, or his grandfather, excuse me, George Hallis. And Virginia McCaskey is the true owner. George is the chairman of the board. Okay. So George is more involved with the day-to-day details of running the ball club than Virginia is. Because Virginia's in her 90s now, and she's got better things to do. So George was just telling us how proud he was of Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace, how well they handled the six-game losing streak, And, and look how they turned it around. And for the sake of continuity, he thought that they deserved to return in their jobs. For the sake of continuity. Let me tell you what he's continuing He's continuing a franchise that in the last 21 seasons has three playoff wins. Three in over two decades. Meanwhile, your rival, the Green Bay Packers, has tons of playoff wins. They've won Super Bowls. They've had Super Bowl appearances, and they continue to ride roughshod over you. Again, Let's go back to the beginning of the show. Purdue is to Indiana what Green Bay is to the Bears right now. And so I don't know why you're trying to continue that. They said, well, we have to get more, producti- more productivity out of the quarterback position. Corey, who drafted that quarterback? Uh, was that Nagy? Well, Nagy was the coach, but the guy that drafted the quarterback was Ryan Pace. The general manager. (laughs) And he's still there. Yeah, You know, for the sake of continuity. (laughs) If you also want something that, as a Bears fan, is going to make you want to vomit, uh, there is a nice little piece running on Twitter right now with how many times the word collaboration was used (laughs) in the Zoom press conference. How many? Fifteen. They just... They collaborate so well. Well, what you've collaborated on is a steaming pile. A steaming pile of garbage right there in the middle of Soldier Field. You're satisfied with eight and eight? (laughs) That's worth continuing? Eight and eight? What's the line again? Continuity? Continue with the, what was it? Yeah, continuity, continuing with the steaming pile of garbage <laughs> that is right there in the Again, uh. ladies and gentlemen. Three playoff wins in twenty one years, and the ownership says that's good enough. That's good enough. That's fine. You're you're doing fine. Come
1: on. And and you wonder why I'm salty some days. Well, Let's segue into the NFL playoffs. How about that? Happening this weekend. Happening
2: this weekend. So let's, let's break down the games. We'll start with the first game in the NFC. The Rams have to go to Green Bay. The Rams have an injured quarterback in Jared Goff who's going to have to start because John Wolford is out. And so can they go into Green Bay, which is probably going to be cold and snowy and just about the complete utter opposite of L.A., and beat Aaron Rodgers and the Packers right now? I think not. I'll take Green Bay in that game. The second game on Saturday is in the AFC, and it has Baltimore at Buffalo. I think I've said on this show, if I haven't, I'm saying it now, I honestly think the Buffalo Bills are the team going to the Super Bowl this year. You have said that. So if I'm saying that, then you know who I'm picking in this one. I'll go with Buffalo over Baltimore. By the way, at any point, if you disagree with one of my picks, chime in here. Mm -hmm.
1: I will let you know that a couple of the artists that we play in that other room are owned by the guy that owns the Buffalo Bills. Oh, really? He has a record label in uh, Nashville, and uh, I texted both of those artists and said, if the Bills go to the Super Bowl, do you get to attend since you're you know, on the same payroll? <laughs> no. 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 Cleveland goes to Kansas
2: City. Cleveland was the one team I made a mistake on last week. They played extremely well against Pittsburgh. The Steelers did not. But to think that Cleveland is going to go to Kansas City and get a win over the Chiefs, I just don't think Cleveland is there yet. I don't know that they can shut down this offensive attack of Kansas City and keep it in check. I'll go with the Chiefs, who, by the way, if the Chiefs win, they'll become the first team in about 15 or 16 years to host three consecutive conference championship games. Impressive. And then the final game is the one that should be on the History Channel. <laughs> Tom Brady versus Drew Brees. First time ever, two 40-plus quarterbacks have gone head-to-head in a playoff game. The Bucks and the Saints. Now, the Saints have prevailed twice this season. They play in the same division. I just get the feeling. I could be wrong. But I just get the feeling that Tom Brady is on a mission with this Tampa Bay team. And I look for them to pull off the upset Yeah, on Sunday night with Brady and the Buc- and. I'm rooting for Breeze and the Saints. Don't get me wrong. But I just get the feeling the Bucks are going to find a way to win
1: this one. Let's pivot real quick and play a quick round of over or under. Over or under? Avert your eyes from my screen if you don't mind. I can do that. I'm going to give you a quarterback. You'll let me know if they are over 40 or under 40. Okay? And let's start with a couple of easy lobs. Tom Brady. Over. Peyton Manning. Over. Brett Favre. Over. Drew Brees. Over. Aaron Rodgers. Under. Eli Manning. Under. Under. Beth, <laughs> Beth, Ruffles, Beth, Beth Roethlisberger, Beth, Ben Roethlisberger, still under. Matt Ryan, under. Andrew Luck, under. You are got those all right. You're an amazing man. Thank you. Back to you. And that's a little segment we call over under. Um, we played it one year ago on this very program. <laughs> I thought okay. I'd bring it out again. All right.
2: But it's it's interesting, <laughs> isn't it? That we talked about this the other day. The NFC playoffs. You've got Rodgers, Brady, and Breeze, and then Jared Goff as the kind of saltine to clear the palate. And in the AFC, you've got all these young bucks, Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen, Baker Mayfield, Patrick Mahomes. So different styles of football there, which should be fun to watch. We mentioned James Harden on Wednesday's Yak, and then Wednesday afternoon, uh, man. What a deal that was, this thing was so complicated, I, I got a <laughs> headache just reading the tweets about it. But I think Sham Sharnia from The Athletic broke it down as well as anybody. You focus on the star players who are going. Harden goes from Houston to Brooklyn. So now Brooklyn has this triumvirate of James Harden, Kevin Durant, and Kyrie Irving. Unfortunately for the Nets, they only get to play with one basketball. So that could be a problem. However, Harden goes to Brooklyn. Karis Levert winds up in Indiana. He's a special player. Uh, He was probably the top net scorer when Kyrie and Durant were both out. I think he's going to do very well with the Pacers. I think the Pacers got a nice deal there. The Pacers, to get Karis Levert, had to give up Victor Oladipo. He's going to Houston. Uh, Victor Oladipo had made some comments to players last year that he wanted to get it out of Indiana and then tried to deny it to the press. Hmm. It was just a bad situation. It was time for him to go. And unfortunately, Oladipo, who I think deep down is really a good guy and tries to do a lot to help people, Just kind of wore out his welcome with the Pacers. And then the fourth guy to move, Cleveland was involved in this too. And they get Jared Allen, who is a double-double machine. He's averaging about 15 points and 11 rebounds per game. So that's something that will help the Cavs, although I I think the Cavs need a lot more than him. What Houston also got from this, and this is just mind-blowing, man, did they get draft picks. They have first-round picks in 2022, 2023, 2024, 2025, 2026, and 2027. Wow. Wow. So, remember, on the show Wednesday, we were saying they wanted some players and they wanted draft picks. Well, they got Victor Oladipo, who has made the NBA All-Star team before, mm-hmm. and they got draft picks. But to me, that's a message to the Houston fans. We're in rebuild. Yeah. We're in rebuild.
1: Does Wednesday's events play out behind the scenes like that whole money ball scene? Um coaches uh, do you wheeling and dealing, a player, take your bag and oh yeah, the jets yeah. ready. hmm Wow.
2: Yeah. Now here's here's the thing. It's probably done more with phone calls or Zooms these days. Yeah. Because y- you probably have less actual contact with the players of your management.
1: And, of course, it's not James and any of that. It's the agent going, uh, you know, correct line one, line two, this, this. Now, the other thing, this is a costly move for James Harden. Oh, my goodness.
2: The state tax laws in the state of Texas, God bless the state of Texas, uh, they have no state tax. New York has some of the highest state tax there is. When did we figure it out?
1: The the article I read was he's going to pay fifteen million dollars in taxes to play for the Nets. Wow, how much does he make a game? I remember you said the other day someone makes about four hundred thousand a game. Kyrie makes four hundred thousand a game.
2: I bet you Harden's paid a little bit more than that. But let let's just say for the sake of argument, a half million a game. Yeah. Okay, so two times a half million is one million, and you said it's fifteen million. Now, is it $15 million every year? Probably not. I think it's $15 million
1: for this particular— Stepping into this bathwater. Yeah,
2: but that's 30 games. 30 games. So that's this season. 30, 30 games. Well, they play, uh, they're playing how many this year? I think they're trying to play full season this year. Or 72. They're playing 72 games this year.
1: And they're how many in? Uh, about 13,
2: 14, depending on the team. Sir, here's hoping he's healthy. Yeah, well, here's, here's it, Now, if, if you're injured, you still get paid. Oh, okay. See, this is the big deal with Kyrie. Now he he's away on a personal matter. Mm-hmm. Well, if that personal matter is COVID, because you were screwing around at a birthday party and didn't get a mask, then the team's not going to pay you. And that's the big debate going on right now with Kyrie: is do the Nets have to pay him for these games that he's missing? because he's missed quite a few now. Mm. I mean, we're up we're up in the multiple millions now for Kyrie that he would not be getting if they find that he's got covid. I've been
1: to that Brooklyn arena about 3 years ago. The Barclays Center. Mm-hmm. It's a nice place. Yeah. Right across the river. Mhm. And then uh one real quick note for the hockey
2: fans. Uh our team stink. <laughs> uh the, Blackhawks know how to
1: shoot behind that one line for they, extra points.
2: Yeah, they don't. They need a <laughs> line to shoot from to get extra points, uh, uh, because the Blackhawks gave up three goals in the first period the other night and dispirited both myself and my daughter. And uh, they lost to Tampa Bay on opening night, five-one. Meanwhile, the Red Wings were in it last night uh, until they had to pull the goalie, and then uh, they wound up losing to Carolina by a count of three nothing. Notre Dame Hockey tonight on the road at Minnesota. The Golden Gophers are ranked number one in the country. So what a challenge for Jeff Jackson's squad. We have now reached the point of the show that we like to call overrated, underrated. And I've brought a couple to the table today. I don't know if you have any. Or I
1: have the one. Yakkers do. I have one only if you've experienced it. If you have it, I don't want to go there. All right. Well, go ahead and give it to me. Hamilton. I have
2: experienced it, okay. Not in person. I watched the stream as many
1: did. We started watching it again last night, got about an hour and a half in. Overrated or underrated.
2: I don't see how it could possibly be underrated, given the hype. you know the, there's just there's no way that anybody says, "Oh, Hamilton's better than everybody's saying it is." because everybody's saying it's the greatest thing that's ever been created.
1: Um yeah, but and and you heard that going into watching it. When you watched it and it was done, I I will say it's on the line. On the line. It, it's on the line. Um it's it's
2: really really good and I can appreciate the creativity and the choreography and and everything that goes into that. And I I have to admit I haven't seen a ton of Broadway shows. I see some of the ones that they bring to Morris. I've never gone to one on actual Broadway. Um, But that's a heck of an undertaking. And and that was was well done. I can
1: see why people groove on it. I am in agreement with you down the line. Do you have a favorite character? I like the sister who didn't marry Hamilton. And she does that one song where they kind of rewind it at the end of the sister's song and then she kind of what happened and her introducing and she does some lickety split stuff it's like wow and you're doing that eight times a week i like george washington yeah 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 i'd like to be the father of the country on
2: the one dollar bill and on the quarter that'd be (laughs) fine with me
1: i also love the rotating stage i thought that was pretty cool yeah that's amazing used used very creatively but there's no way that show is ever underrated. Right. <laughs> well, I'm just curious if you would, you would have said by this time, it's getting, it's a little bigger than what it is. But it, it's just down the middle. Yeah, yeah. I'd say down the middle. Um, My work here is done.
2: Yours, but not mine. Right. Let me present to you the artist known as Eminem. <laughs> and you know the reason I bring him up, Corey? Because you were listening to his greatest hits? No, because on the national championship game... They had him read the voiceover.
1: Oh, really? Yeah. In his Eminem style? Uh, kind of that... A little bit, yeah. yeah. I mean, did you recognize it immediately? Like, no, oh. they ide- they identified.
2: Oh, okay. And I thought...
1: I'll have to go back and
2: watch that. Well, this is interesting.
1: Here's my opinion of the guy. He has, in my opinion, still an enormous amount of influence. What he does with that influence, I think he throws it away. He could be... He could be rapping about stuff, which I know he can do, and singing about stuff and performing about stuff. He could be, man, let me go out on a limb here. He could be another Dylan, but he's not. I think he just picks some real dumb stuff to produce. Mm -hmm. I think he's talented. I remember when he first showed up and we were playing heavily edited versions of those songs, which borderline novelty but at the same time, it's like, wow, there's some creative stuff happening in these threads of lyrics. Have you seen the movie Eight
2: Miles? I have a couple times.
1: Uh I think his his story. His
2: how can you screw st- that up? His story up? is fascinating. Yeah. That said, I am I tend to be with you. I just I don't get it. Okay. And I know. I understand. I am not the target audience. Mm-hmm.
1: But maybe I should be. Well, you were 20 years ago. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah, but like when you hear he's got a new record out, which I think he actually dropped something this last year. Um, That's probably why. I always go and listen to, you know, I like hearing that stuff. And it's like, what are you singing about? This has got nothing to do with anything. It doesn't move the needle. So Eminem overrated. Overrated. With the
2: over 50 crowd. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and I realize that's not everybody who listens to this show. And I'm glad that's not everybody who listens to the show.
1: Shout out to James. Couldn't wait for this episode. The Bourne movies. Mm. I love me some Matt Damon. I love me some Paul Greengrass, the director. I've seen all three of them. I think I've owned all three of them. There is a fourth one with Jeremy Renner. That wasn't bad, but uh, I think those are decent down the middle uh, movies. I think after watching all three of those, there was a lot of talk of like, why can't we get a James Bond like this? Mm-hmm. A little more tougher, a little more realistic. Um, yeah, I'm going to go down the middle with those. I'm going to go underrated. I go underrated because I think
2: Damon hits it out of the ballpark in all three. I have not seen the Jeremy Renner one, yeah, which is fine by me
1: Yeah,
2: um, because it's, it's much like I I suppose you could change the character there. My goodness, they changed James Bond a number of times. Uh And I would say for the most part on James Bond, they had hits more than misses. That said, I just think, I think Damon is that series. But you're right. There's, There's a grittiness to it that isn't there with Bond. Bond is so sleek and stylish, and
1: I appreciate that
2: too. Yes, But. Bourne seems like the kind of guy, you know. James Bond, you can't picture yourself sitting down and having a, a drink with him. Mm-hmm. Jason Bourne seems like the kind of guy Could that any he, guy. you would be having a drink with, and then all of a sudden he kind of gets a message or something. Hey, bud, I got to go. You know, thanks. Yeah.
1: I like that those three movies had a thread of yes continuity. Hey, Bears, maybe you should go watch the Bears identity. Well, it's fine to have continuity
2: when it's good. Yes. You know, the Packers have had continuity. His name is Aaron Rodgers,
1: and it's been really good. A lot of of productivity out of that quarterback. The
2: Patriots had continuity, and then the continuity left and went to Tampa Bay, and now they're not really good.
1: If you had to choose between the three movies, do you like one more than the other? The first one, just because you didn't know what you were getting into. I'm in agreement with you. Yeah, I was shocked at the second one when they... I'm not going to give anything away. It's been 20 years. When they took out the girl, mm-hmm. I thought that was very like, wow, that happened. Yeah, but uh, yeah, man, I have to go back and watch those. That's a good. Uh, it's been a while. They're not on streaming. That's the thing.
2: You know when but you're watching got them when you're you, somewhere
1: you have them. <laughs> they're
2: somewhere downstairs. Oh, eh. See if you can find them behind the Xbox controllers.
1: Oh come on now, come on. This this feels like a good episode. Well, I hope so. I mean, it was well planned. Right? It was. Uh, behind the scenes, he typed out a rundown for us. He gave me this morning's sports. Then he handed a, the direction he'd like to go. This this is fantastic. Don't expect this every show. Did you see uh, the newest GIF you created? I saw it. Oh, you didn't like that one? Eh, you've had better. W- you've given me better. That's probably remember, true. Remember, you're the star of the GIF. Well, that's see, therein <laughs> lies the problem. <laughs> there's the problem. With I the enjoyed Jeff. the coffee mug drink. It was good. Hit the subscribe button. Do all the things that you do with podcasts so you never miss an episode. You're on Twitter, right? At 46 Sports. Yeah, I'm over there too. My name is Corey. Have a great weekend. Until next time, Yak fans. ooga Luga Cal Ripken
0: Jr. We've had some fun. and yeah, the show is done. Now we gotta run. It's Sports Shack. Sports Yak. Sports Shack is not filmed in front of a live studio audience. We done.